The following program is a work of fiction and falsehood that is not meant to be interpreted as actual fact. The views expressed in this program are not necessarily those of the broadcaster or the management thereof. This program deals with morbid themes and grotesque humor. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm glad you're here. I'm media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is EurekaCast. Now, where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. Hey there, Rowan. Hello, Kai, and allow me to send the spookiest of well-wishings to our listeners on this most portentous Sam Hain, because it is, in fact, Sam Hain as we are broadcasting. Is that not correct? It is certainly Sam Hain. I'm excited because, well, I don't think we should hide it. I think we should come right out with it. It is a frightening time of year in Chicago. Oh, absolutely. Whenever this day comes, I get excited those spirits and goblins popping up in your mailbox, those slow-moving hordes around the blocks lined up. Ooh. It's truly the spookiest night of the year. Chilling, absolutely. And that is, of course, election night, November 3rd in Chicago. It is, it is uh, n- nearly upon us. We are um, caught in the whirlwind beforehand of spiritual, personal, um, psychic even energies. It's so powerful. It is. It is a truly. It is a whirlwind, as you might say. Uh, I haven't been able to even get out of the office to really see a lot of it because, or I should say, the laboratory. Because Chicago, Illinois, the city that we record from, the city that Tech Brothers is located in, the city that we call home, um, and honestly, the greater United States area itself is engaged in what we call in the new media biz a Class C media bubble. Do to this election cycle. Well, I you've mentioned the concept of a media bubble on the program in the past. Um, could you elucidate on that perhaps a little bit? What? How do you mean by a Class C media bubble? Well, it depends on the ex- sort of explosions in certain uh, courses of media, whether you look at social media, whether you look at uh, uh, private thought media, or whether you look at just the media inherent in, a per- in how a person goes around operates, uh, uh, displays themselves, how they talk to each other. That, in all that sense, this is, new, this is new media. And what we're seeing are explosions and new rifts, changes in the infrastructure of how media spreads, how it's learned, how it's, uh, how, how it's collected and heard and understood. I mean, really, it, it, it's changing. It's like a, it's like a, an earthquake of media. Well, as we have touched on earlier, this is a very frightening time of year. Um, 
especially in the lead up, as you know, the apprehension is almost worse than the actual event itself. Um, and, and fear is oftentimes a great motivator for change and sort of things churning and bubbling and, 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 and you know, uh, paradigms being shifted and, and all that. Precisely. And, and that's why it's so important for us here at New Media Laboratories to make sure that we're adjusting and debugging our media algorithms because with a shift in paradigm we need to shift our algorithms to go along with it uh, as a senior member of tech brothers and given the public interest nature of this show however uh eureka cast now is i should just come out and say it because it's super important we, we talked about politics it, it, we are committed to remaining apolitical and unbiased in the face of the current media landscape. Absolutely. It's so important in in these these times where there's such partisan rancor sure. and, and just sort of general distrust between these ideologies. Uh, there needs to be a space, a place, a, a platform with which the truly apolitical um, ideas can can come forward and and data can be discussed on its own merits as opposed to with some sort of agenda i can't speak for you necessarily kai and how sure. you feel on the inside but i consider myself not just bipartisan but actually tripartisan because i believe that the independent voices have a place in our um uh sort of uh, neutrality as well uh, i mean almost certainly i would consider myself a partisan because i i i operate on a spectrum devoid of partisanship at all. I mean, the only time that Tech Brothers, which is a committed, purely apolitical entity, ever even engages in the fields of politics is with poli-sci laboratories, which uh, do do quite important statistical, psychological, and experimental research on things like politics and the state. But even all of that is in a completely unbiased uh, way. Uh, so what do we want to do with this show? We've talked about it, we've discussed it, and we think it's important to to understand where people are coming from and, and 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 acknowledge it. But we want to look at this political, this election cycle in a an unbiased, uh, scientific, and more of like an innovative way. We don't we don't want to look at it from a partisan way. We want to understand the science behind it and the possible areas for growth and innovation. Right. In in the same way that uh, many new technologies are um, considered disruptive, um, rideshare, um, various other uh, gig economy sort of situations, uh, you consider yourself as disrupting the election in a way, correct? Uh, precisely. And we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But I, I do know, just at the front, I'm seeing my notes. Uh, Rowan, you did want to talk about uh, talk about a, a particular issue, um, an unbiased issue in politics that you wanted to bring up at the, at the start. Well, it's not biased in and of itself, but um, I did want to talk about uh, sort of initiative we have going on at the um, Simon Amy Spirit Science sure. Institute. We, we make no initiatives, n you know, no, no, uh, no calls to action, but, but this is an initiative that, that, the unbiased institute of Simon Amy's Spirit Science. Oh institute. well, the Simon Amy Institute, uh, or the, excuse me, the Simon Amy Spirit Science Institute, Institute of Spirit Sciences, is very biased towards um, enlightenment, mm. awakening, sure, um, expansion of one's preconceived notions. We are biased towards those things. Sure. Biased towards light. 
um, wellness. Away from darkness. Uh, exactly. Um, and to that end, what we've been doing um, specifically today, because today is really the only day of the year to do it, is we've been working on our Get Out the Graves Voter Initiative. Um, Fascinating. Sam Hain, All Hallows Eve, Halloween, whatever you call it, it is the premier time of year to be able to interact with entities and specifically entities that have their origins in the deceased there's mm-hmm. many varieties of entities but in for the sake of this discussion and for what we're doing here is is we're talking about the entities of the deceased mm. and really given that there's only one day in which these entities are are corporeal um enough to manifest in a voting manner, our day is filled, absolutely filled. And uh, Kai, you might be asking yourself, um, you know, there's a lot is made of, of dead people voting, uh, and that's such a crude way to put it. Sure. But if we, to, to my argument, uh, my argument would be, and the argument of the Institute would be, that there is the concept of no taxation without representation of, of in, course. enshrined in the founding Surely. of this country. And as we all know, there is one tax that unfairly targets the recently deceased, specifically the recently deceased, and that is, of course, the inheritance tax. Uh, certainly, the there only... is a, there is an inheritance. Okay. Um, well, thank you for that. That sounds like a very... Interesting initiative. No though. taxation without representation. Certainly, if, certainly. If the listener happens to be an entity and there's still time in the day, please. Rowan, I think we should we should probably okay. move on. Uh, you're, you're, this is here. coming close to a call to action. Right, uh, right, uh, exactly. Apologies, my apologies. I mean, what I do love uh, from what you said is it, it really calls calls back to the the fact that so many of these holidays, so many of these festivals, festivities that we have, um, for example, Election Day, uh, they have roots in sort of pagan culture. And, and the alignment between this, the All Hallows Eve. The, the preferred and, term is um, uh, polytheistic. Sure, sure. Um, uh, non, uh, pr- precisely, uh, uh, in, in cultures, in, in, different, in different cultures. And, and perhaps part of the reason the election takes place this time of year is because it's understood that there you know, might be some, uh, uh, some possibly spiritual connections between elections and 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 this this time of year well i don't think it's it's possible i think it's actually both um readily apparent and empirical empirically provable right i would like i'd like to see the data there rowan but uh but i love the initiative. well you know normally i would say that i would send it to you in an email um but we've been having continuing issues with that haven't we i get some of your some of your emails just some of them are illegible from a pro- programming Did perspective. Did you install the font pack I sent over? We use very specific fonts, very proprietary fonts. I've I've we offered have, you licensing. Unfortunately, we do have uh we do have technology that was made in the in the last 20 years. So it, they are the programs wouldn't exactly download and mm. I wouldn't try them if I could. Mm. But but moving on, uh from this perspective, uh We've talked about PolySci, and we've talked about the Tech Brothers Poly Science Laboratories. I want to talk about an initiative that I've been working very closely on to understand and to possibly innovate. We're always looking to innovate the the science, how people engage with elections, and and how we understand elections from a from a very clinical and statistical perspective. Uh, and this is the the development of the deep voting algorithm that Tech Brothers 
PolySci Labs has has re- recently been investigating. Deep voting. Yes. It, similar to deep learning, deep dreams. Precisely. Uh, precisely. I'd say closer to the first, the former than the latter. Um, but but a deep voting algorithm is in fact an algorithm, a deep learning algorithm that does not just understand things; it more understands people and is able to make decisions as people might. Um, Bordering so, on artificial intelligence, or is oh, is it? In distinct? fact, some some say it's it's a step above artificial okay. intelligence. Very interesting. Um, so, in an effort to better understand the political nature of society. And to gauge a person's true, unbiased, completely scientific political profile, Tech Brothers PolySci Labs have done an immense amount of research on the voting populations of Chicago and several other areas of interest to different large cities, different groups with, with interesting and uh, abnormal political structures. Um, and the accumulation of all this research... Well, I mean, let me just start off by saying you've heard of sort of a, a political spectrum grid, like with four quadrants... Uh, Perhaps yes. you've seen these on the internet, on the new medias. Oh, abs- absolutely, yes. Uh, I believe there's the, the there's a blue one and a green one and a red one and a yellow one. Does that sound sure. correct? They might be color-coded. But, but yeah, that's sort of the direction that, that uh, PolySciLabs has come to. But instead of making it this color-coded, sort of flashy... Two-dimensional. Precisely. Uh, we've been able to identify a 40-dimensional, we're calling a quadrosphere fascinating more of a sphere there are quadrants but these quadrants uh represent sort of sort of arcs on a sphere if you might now not to not to digress too much but uh with regards to the sort of the conventional uh political uh, alignment chart uh, political quadrant sort of uh, paradigm uh, usually there's there's very clear axes um you know x and y axes representing mm-hmm. various sort of concepts and the relative importance of those concepts to various ideologies um a 40 dimensional quadrosphere do you have what what are these dimensions that you you are measuring if you if, if you have that available well if you if you think about that grid you think about like an authoritarian uh, axie, really an authoritarian axie, can be split up into five sort of separate axes, uh, ranging from from power to interest in 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 uh, uh, certain states of governance to specific uh, ways to counteract that. I mean, we're just getting into the nuance of all of that. So some of them are you might make analogies to the grid itself but in a more nuanced fashion and some of them are things like the the progression of the cones of time or the the aspect of 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 light rays on a person's uh modular intelligence things like that things that you don't consider when thinking about a political being so there's there's a a level of of uh deep diving without to you know, gilding the lily on the deep analogy here, but mm-hmm. in terms of entering an uh, individual psychology and coaxing out from that um, uh, things that might not be readily apparent. Is that is that my understanding? Uh, precisely. And a lot of this research done by PolySci, uh, by PolySci Laboratories, uh, is, is based on taking, uh, taking and understanding what a person's perfect political profile is um, from a variety of tests, including neurological and psychological analyses, uh, automatic response therapy, and one of the most promising, and one that I had help working on, but a 380 question survey. Uh, that's quite a quite a, a, a. That's actually, I take that back. I was going to say that's rather long, but some of the the 
political uh, conventional political alignment tests that I've seen on the internet that's actually quite short by comparison. Um, right. And and really, this number, this the 380 was was determined because we were able to we were able to really identify the underlying themes and uh, po- politics and and we were able to understand that there were in fact only 380 political markers um, to ident- to identify and from those markers and by putting them through sort of these deep voting algorithms we were able to place a person into one of nearly 300 million discrete political positions on the four-dimensional uh, uh, quadrosphere. Uh, no, it- is this now? Is this something that can be seen by a an individual such as you or I, a human being, and and readily identified as being meaningful? Um, not to keep going back to the uh, the original concept of the political alignment chart, but is this something that 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 can be looked at as an individual, or is this solely able to be done through computer intelligence? Well, science in itself. Uh... A lot of a lot of things that, that for example, the, the moving of a photon or understanding that uh, germ germ theory exists or or things of that matter. Some things you can't see. They're not they're not readily apparent. That's fair. That's but we, fair. we understand them from how we interact with the world. We interact with the world in certain ways and we noticed certain things happen. So oh, fair enough. Fair so enough. what we did was we looked we we looked at these political position profiles and we compared them to how a person actually makes decisions when they're put in front of a, a ballot when they're when they're asked to make a decision on who to vote for um you know depending on whether they're candidates or referendums laws etc and what we found was a huge discrepancy we found that uh people depending on how they're voting it's very different than this political profile that we have well, I don't. And I don't want to get into why people are making these errors in voting, or why they they get so defensive when we ask them about it. But they are there, and uh, they have a staggering. I would say, from from an optim from from a, uh, an efficiency perspective, a very staggering negative effect on the political landscape. So just to just to bring that back sure. for for a, a moment, um, what what you're saying is is that these analyses were undergone. And uh, a, a a predicted um, vote was determined based on this analysis, and yes. and and the crux of what you're saying is, well, is that those... I, I would say I would say that we we looked we we identified the political uh, uh, the political profile of a ballot, and we identified the political political profile of an individual, and those political profiles do not match up. And the reasoning for why that is the case is that you believe these people have have are, are incorrect yes they okay. are i mean they are incorrect they're not matching up with what we know to be their political profile and that's just the ones that actually do vote um i mean and so, ton, tons of people do not vote in fact because of this a combination between uh, erroneous decisions and uh, people deciding not to vote for whatever reason uh, what we see is every single year about one to thirty percent of a democratic voting populace's uh, political profile is represented in an election now we're taking that data from places in chicago and around the world uh democratic bodies around the world um and i sh- i just want to say chicago is on the lower end of that well, uh, this, closer to one or two percent. Well, this is all actually making sense in 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 a way. Uh, there is the um, 
the phenomenon of people um, claiming that certain segments of the population perhaps vote against their uh, their own best interest or yes. are are in some way uh, sort of um, fooled, uh, bamboozled perhaps by various Again, candidates. Again, I don't want to. We're not, I don't want to get too political into no, this. No, you're, 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 you're absolutely right. But what I'm, what just I am looking at the data, right, just looking at the data. It, it seems to me that the the anecdotal that the the, the the science on the street would would back this up in that way. Sure. I, I think that 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 you're onto something here, um, or the Tech Brothers rather. Yeah. So so Tech Brothers, New Media Laboratories, and PolySci Laboratories have come up with an elegant solution. Oh, wonderful! And that is, we've spent long hours working on a shortened, thirty minute intensive multimedia analysis of a person only 30 minutes to determine what that person's political profile is and this profile through a simple series of intuitive matching algorithms can be used to choose the politicians laws referendums etc that that person will vote for and then we just vote for those it's elegant a person doesn't need to even think about who is on the ballot what is on the ballot all we need to know is that person's political profile, and we can vote for them. Only 30 minutes out of your day. Hmm. Uh, how, how do you see the implementation of this? The implementation of this, and we've had discussions with the various governmental bodies that we have relationships with, with te at Tech Brothers. Uh, instead of polling places, you have analysis stations. You have uh, 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 laboratories set up. Uh, we've made sure that, I mean, the cost of the equipment would be enough to set up really in, in any community center, and it's all, it's all fairly cheap, it's all fairly uh, easy to transport, and in some cases, we're working on uh, sort of send-home, mail-in analyses that involve mixtures of chemicals and, uh, and devices that a person will stare at and talk to, etc. Um, but I, 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 can, I can hear your apprehension here rowan uh, there are some concerns that i have upon hearing this concept immediately and, yes and i mean i would say probably the biggest one is that well people's political decisions they or, or beliefs opinions change over time we can't just put a political profile on somebody and expect that to last forever well we've already thought of that and the goal is to do this every single election it's it's easy. It's cheap. Once we once we put in the money to invest in the building of the equipment, you just reuse it every election, and uh, the candidates will reflect those those persons' political profiles. Thirty minutes out of your day. Now uh, we are running relatively short on time, but I mm. I, I, I did want to pose one question to you. Of course. Um, let's say in the hypothetical that some individual chooses, uh, th this goes forward, some individual partakes in this, and then they see what ha the, the ballot that has been cast by this deep learning algorithm, <laughs> and they disagree with the assessment that was made by the algorithm in question. Well, it wouldn't, Rowan. Yes. I want to cut you off there. Okay, fair but enough. It wouldn't be a scientific... I, it would not be it would not be very scientific if it wasn't double blinded. We we realized pretty fast that we don't want to let the people see what they're voting for. We ju we just want to let them know that what they're voting for is in fact what they believe, and that's all that matters. Whatever decisions come to pass, whatever whatever people are elected, whatever uh, decisions are made, it's it's what they believed. It's highly accurate. 
way more accurate than somebody stumbling into a polling place or or with a pen and a laptop at a coffee table. I mean, just think of it. A highly advanced, complex algorithm or a pen and a piece of parchment? Well, I feel as though there is a great deal more we could get into with regards to this sure. and specifically um Oh, but you're Some saying it's concerns. time for us to it's time for us to move on to it, our, it is. We are reaching well, the midpoint of the show very I'm quickly. Glad, I'm glad we did because I do want to propose a new segment. I like I said, people love segments. It gets them really thinking about uh, about technology. I want to propose this new segment. It's called Consider This Regime Shattered. And then maybe a shattering sound. Uh, so this is a new segment that will allow listeners to contemplate during our break the pieces of sh a shattered regime in science and leave it to the field of astronomy to provide us with a continue, continual earth-breaking discoveries, so to speak. And this one is, represent is reminiscent. This is what I'm super excited about. This one is a reminiscent of the notable symbol, one of the notable symbols of this all-hallowed time of year, that being the celestial lunar satellite also known as the moon. So new reports from NASA and Chisek confirm definitive signs of highly intelligent subsurface irrigation. I'm sorry, Kai. This sounds like a wonderful segment. I'm very excited I'm, to hear about this, but so almost. I'm, 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 but I, 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 I hate to say Rowan. it, but I'm sorry to say, um, well, I'm not really sorry to say. This Rowan. is wonderful. Listen, the regime will remain shattered, but what I have actually in mind is another liquid poetry. And the reason why I'm, I'm going to simply insist that we do liquid poetry right now is that while the regime will remain shattered, that discovery will remain pertinent mm -hmm. even later. Yeah. This this frolic amongst this Pinot Grigio is peak vino this, right now. This is a bottle of wine that you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Um, this this wine uh, is is at its its juiciest. What its you're fruitiest. saying is a I bottle be, of wine. I would be remiss. If I did not give the listeners an opportunity to to hear about this incredible, incredible piece uh, or this incredible bottle of wine I have tonight, and Rowan, it will only it only Rowan. get worse from here. Um, Kai, please, please, please. So what we have here tonight is frolic frolic amongst. It's a a, a purportedly biscuity Pinot Grigio from the Australian or excuse me Austrian winery. Yachthund. So we're gonna we're gonna crack this open. Now now many people will say that the twist off wine is usually of an inferior quality, but I I beg to differ. I find that that sometimes streamlined production, streamlined processing and packaging, sometimes that's a mark of quality. I think I think people miss that sometimes. Hmm. So let's get the let's get a pour going. I'm I'm at least glad that there isn't five minutes of you fumbling with a wine bottle like there was last time i was just so excited what can i say i was just so excited now so now i'm gonna give it a sniff oh there's that biscuity character a biscuity character a biscuity character like one a biscuit not the british biscuit but the southern biscuit like a biscuit one would have sure. with gravy like and chicken one would experience in in austria um uh, absolutely um so let's take a sip I can I can certainly hear that sip. Ooh. Rowan, are you okay? Ooh, I'm sorry. That was just that was just overwhelming. I was not prepared for that. Too when, much biscuit? No, no. Something else. Something. It's it's it, the flavor is just it's simple, but it pops. It absolutely pops. Like good graphic design. Let me try some. 
I know a thing or two about about good graphic design. Oh yeah. Okay, now that I'm prepared for it. Oh, now that I'm prepared for it. Oh. Is the segment over yet? Notes of honey, citrus rind, and and just a a romp of hay. Just a just that comes in at the end. A romp. It's it's like a it's like a jam band at the farmer's market, but it, but in my mouth. Mm. Not not a, not a farmer's market in in the city. No, God forbid. More of a rustic European farmer's market. Sure. I can hear the chickens, the quitter clatter of this wooden is, spoked wheels on cobblestone. This is wine. The muscle woman hawking her wares. Mm. Muscle woman? Like a woman who would sell muscles oh. in a in a charming European villa. Oh, it's like you're a pe- getting all of this from the wine. Yes. Oh, yes. And more. It's like a period piece in my stomach. Oh, my God. This is incredible. Um, can we go to break now? Mm. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Ooh, that's that hay. Yes. Uh, we can. Uh, uh, we, when we return, we're going to come back in about uh, 10 minutes. And when we return, uh, I ha- uh, we have some more uh, election related stories mm-hmm. to cover the one the spookiest time of the year precisely so please stay tuned welcome back everybody uh how, how was your break Rowan? W- wonderful uh it's moved on from a of a, a jam band into more of like a psychedelic quartet um I, I get notes of sitar, of of uh, uh, a lot of a lot of reverb going on in mm. in the mouth right now. Sure. Well, uh, I, regardless of that, I know that you have a, a very important story that you really wanted to talk about. This one, mathematical, from what it sounds like. Absolutely, yes. Uh, uh, before you get into that, though, there is one more thing. I, I sort of forgot to mention this, and it's not necessarily. It's more experimental than anything, but it's a project I've been working on that I want to get out in front. Uh, it's not going to be put in place anymore. It's still very experimental. We're still working on it, but I think it's I think it's uh, it's interesting and innovative. Uh, alpha testing is that a term that you use in the computer sciences? We've never used it before, but that's a great a great way to to, to put it, Rowan. Um, and this is a, a project called a polyficial intelligence or PI. It's a play on words between a, a political and artificial intelligence, a polyficial intelligence. Um, and we call it PI. Well, some might argue that the uh, the so-called intelligences in politics are uh, are artificial, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's how it works: we take those 380 political markers that we that we talked about last segment, um, those those unique political markers that we're able to identify political profiles from, and in, in, instead of aligning them to candidates. What we do is we layer them onto another AI that I've been working on called a Universal Charisma Personality Profile, a UCPP, if you will. So we take this UCPP and uh, we layer on these political markers. Um, and, and what we've got here is we've got a totally artificially intelligent politician. 
able to make decisions, able to conduct themselves in a way, communicate with people in the same way that any politician realistically does. Uh, but it's perfect. They, we're not we're not making adjustments. We're not making guesses. We're not we're not picking as some people say. I don't want to get political, but some people say we're choosing the the greater of two evils. I'm not going to say that, of course. I would never say that because we are apolitical. But that's just not even a characteristic. All, all we do is every single vote, every single ballot a person casts, every single uh, decision a person makes, uh, every new piece of data that we get, we layer that new piece of data directly on that UCPP. So this 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 uh, uh, charisma personality profile, this universal charisma per yeah. personality the profile. The UCPP. What, what, what you're implying is is that this is a... A manifestation of the, uh, the 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 political markers from your uh, I don't I, I don't want to call it a personality test because more goes into it. No, so okay, it's it's actually not really. Yes, so the the political markers these are we all are political in, in some ways. What we did was we needed to figure out how to make a compelling a political entity, a, a politician, if you will, with with only the political part so what we needed to do is we needed to fill in all those extra parts those those uh those nights at the bowling alley those those pictures walking dogs those uh, uh those 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 beers with the boys or Dr whatever drinking glasses of water precisely uh the the fancy pictures etc and we needed to layer all of that we needed to include all of that to make a truly compelling uh, uh artificial uh, politician so, so what you're saying is, 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 is in the way that that politicians um, earlier in their earlier in their careers, and even when once well established, they they like to be out and and perhaps portray portray themselves might be a rude term for it, might sure. be might be giving them not enough credit, but they excuse me, they want to uh, appear as if though they have a. Um, a life outside of bureaucracy and politics, right? And what have you? Whether that be hobbies or yeah. a pet project, a well, or whatever. Well understood uh, thing that happens. So, yes. so, but so the the UCPP emulates this need to be seen um, doing these activities, right? And in fact, like you said, perhaps a politician may start doing these at the beginning of a campaign and and stop once they are in a role. We can continue up this UCPP as much as we want through the entire. Uh, through the entire run, through through an entire election cycle, if you will, and then immediately when the next uh, election cycle comes out, somebody casts their vote. We layer on these uh, these political markers, and we have an, a brand new UCPP to uh, to match the current voting populace. Well, um... it's it's if you, if you would if you would, it's not just an alternative to voting; it's an alternative to government. Well, I would absolutely be excited to see the future of of the of this, this all we technology. can do is imagine all we can do is hope and imagine well so um it, that that is really quite fascinating and but i to touch on your earlier point yes i i, I do have something i would like to speak about with regards to the um once again the the spookiest time of the year sure. the scariest time of the year the election election day mm -hmm. um Specifically, and perhaps one of the most spooky areas of science, and that is math. Uh, easily the the spookiest part of of science as a whole. Um, yes, yeah, so people are very interested in trying to predict the outcome of elections. Yes, none more than 
uh, presidential elections. None more than Tech Brothers. Uh, it, it, so, as is Simon, the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science, mm-hmm. specifically our um, uh, prognostology department, uh, the mathematical prognostology department, to be specific. We sure. are very interested here at the Institute in finding um, consistent, replicable ways in which mathematics can be applied to these sort of um, slippery problems, such as winning elections, um, in a way that provides meaningful analysis of the future events and Mm -hmm. probabilities. Um, And to go to the wider sort of political uh, analysis sphere, generally speaking, uh, most of what ends up being used for similar endeavors is is statistical analysis, sure. uh, albeit very complex statistical analysis. Uh, uh, certainly, yes. But statistical analysis, nonetheless, in, in a variety of in a variety of ways, both algorithmically, both. Uh, uh, and analytically uh, creating graphs, creating models, etc. Right, man. But but the the fact of the matter is is that mathematics is such a wide field that encompasses so many sure. um, different tool sets and uh, sort of capabilities. Of course, that simply relying on probability distributions and these sort of within the realms of statistics. There's more out there, is what I'm trying to say. There's so much more out there that, that could provide a, um, a, a another toolbox, another way to approach the problem. Well, you you um, piqued my interest, Rowan. Well, exactly, and and so uh, the the Department of Mathematical Prognostology um, at uh, the Simon Amy Spirit Science Institute um, are investigating a number of different methodologies outside of statistics to mm-hmm. to predict events and determine likelihoods of events um we're looking at things like set theory abstract algebra um as well as what we've specialized on and what we've honed in on which sure. is the the uh, numerological theory the numerological theory numerological theory yes um known by uh, the uh poorly uh, poorly informed as numerology Right. Who those who do not understand that it's a, it's it's a theory. It is a it is a concrete, replicable mathematical theory that um is unrightly maligned in many circles, uh, in both academia and the wider world. Sure. Um, sort of like set theory. Exactly. Um. So let's start off. I I know many times that you yourself are a skeptic of some of the things that I bring forward. Um, I sure, attribute I'd, that I'd to like your to upbringing. See, and I'd like to see the data, of course. Of, of course. But but let's start off by both agreeing that numbers are useful. We can both agree on that. I would say, yes, I would say some numbers are useful. But numbers as a whole are... They do more, they do more good than harm, I would say. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Numbers are useful. We can both agree on sure. that. So it's, that is our common ground. Let's talk about numerological theory analysis. Okay. Um, so uh, the the base principle of of elementary numerological theory, if you will, is to add important numbers to one another until you get a single number which can be analyzed. It's very similar to regression analysis. Um, sure. So, for example, let's take the date. A very, a very, uh, a very simplified version of that. Yes. L- let's take the date of the election, which is of course eleven three twenty twenty. You okay. add those numbers together, and you get twenty thirty four. You take this those. This is a year. Uh, th- this is um um a a um a initial analysis, but the the f- the 
final analysis is take those numbers. Okay. 2034, you add them all together. Okay. 2034, and you get nine. And that is the the it it's it's regression analysis it's it's L'Hopital's rule it's I simplifying a, it's simplifying a, a otherwise very complex problem into something more easily grasped okay uh we we so we took a date and we added some numbers together until we got nine correct okay i'm 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 following i don't i don't completely understand well 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 allow me to allow me to it, that's where the actual meat of numerological theory comes in is okay. once you have that number any anyone can do the calculations if this is with any field of mathematics sure. or science anyone who has sat down with a book and memorized something can regurgitate the the protocol or the formula or what have you it requires a deep understanding of the theory underlying those procedures and algorithms where you actually can get something applicable and useful so to get to sure. that to, to that point okay we have our nine from the the our procedure as earlier our the algorithm rigorous, the, yes the algorithm so nine means simply put a lot of things okay but generally speaking the the sort of the the canon of numerology some might, some might say, numerological theory the the canon sure, if you will sure. um 9 implies completion but not finality it's it's generally in reference to sort of plateaus and holding patterns and uh times in stasis um and and, and that analysis by itself is not very useful yeah why why does nine represent that it's that is you get deep into the sort of the, the there's pages and pages of mathematics of numerological theory proofs and i see I'll, I'll admit very arcane language both in the literal and the mystical sense of that term sure but uh, uh suffice it to say you're just going to have to take my word on sure. this as you is the listener perhaps leave it to the leave it to the to the leave the proof as an exercise to the listener exactly exactly um, and to you, Kai, um, if you if you can find time in your schedule and um, perhaps check your uh, check your email. But nevertheless, um, we, however, at the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science, have a our own theory that we've been working on within um, uh, numer numerological theory, and that is the Amian theory of numerological theory. Um, Fascinating. Where wherein nine is interpreted less as a plateau or holding pattern but more of a, of a number of despair um nine is so close to ten and from numerological proceedings add one to zero goes back to one ten is is rebirth essentially and nine being so close to this rebirth but not quite there it's it's more of an, a number of, of of longing this is so this is an amian yes who 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 is a is Amy a person? Si Simon Amy. Oh, I see. Yes. Um. Uh, so so nine. Of course. It's, it's yes. longing. It's bitter despair. It's sacrificing of hopes and dreams. And, and Amy and, has done. Simon Amy has done calculations to determine this. Oh uh, yes, uh, volumes and volumes and volumes. Uh, even sure. even our 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 most entrenched, our most highly educated numerological theorists have 
not even scratch the surface of the 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 proofs and theorems and algorithms that that Simon Amy has put out. Three quarters of the department of of uh, prognostology, mathematical prognostology, is dedicated to picking through the various works that Simon Amy has left us and continues to leave us. It's sort of like in the in the onset of, of quantum mechanics when they said that realistically maybe only only a handful of people actually understood it and the rest of them were, were trying to catch up. Exactly, exactly. And that and that is so true across the entirety of the um, spirit science worlds, specifically with regard to Simon Amy. He's truly a genius. I could go on forever. Nevertheless, sure. um, so when we keep in mind that nine is a number that represents despair and longing um and that the election is occurring at a nine um nine imprinted date okay once again i don't want to make specific recommendations or excuse me um predictions with regards to this because no, that we, could we can't we can't it could be construed as advocating but uh to the listener, with nine in mind, with despair in mind, think about the candidate that invokes the most regret in yourself, and they might be the one with the edge. Really? That 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 it's, is. It's it, that simple. Well, once again, this is very elementary numerological theory. Uh, we can, we're going to go a little deeper in on this. Uh, okay. Deeper while still being accessible well, would, to the listener. I, yeah, I would, I would claim that perhaps all of the listeners that are listening to this, perhaps all the number of citizen scientists who could be doing these calculations and, and making these determinations, I, I would guess that they have a variety of opinions about who brings them the most despair. Well, exactly. And, and while... We at the Simon Amy Institute have actually quantified despair and a, a despair um, manifesting index, a DMI, if you will. Of course. Uh, yes, I, once again, I cannot give give to these. I cannot make these points um, on air and of give our give our full analysis. As long as there's an index. Um, the next thing I want to touch on is a more advanced theory in uh, still relatively elementary, but a more okay. advanced theory in numerological theory, and that is that of prime numbers. Now, I can't really get into it, but it is well established in this field of study that prime numbers— Numerological theory. Yes. Okay. That prime numbers favor incumbents. It's very what does, complex. What does that mean? It's very complex. There's a lot to get into. But generally speaking, the occurrence of prime numbers favors incumbents in a uh, a race. It, it, are you, are it, you talking it, about prime numbers? Um, uh, have a uh, uh, a sort of it, it's sta it's a staying power. There's a staying power to prime numbers in the wider field of of, of uh, uh, mathematical prognostology. And th and this is this is a. It's something you can you can calculate or even see is there is there data that goes along with this? Of course, of course, and um, I will be very happy to get that data to you once it's been finished being translated. Uh, but but the point being is that it's that. So let's look at let's look at twenty twenty. That's the year. Uh, oh, yes, twenty twenty. That is not prime. No, neither is our earlier transformation eleven plus three plus twenty 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 thirty four. That is not prime either nor is nine sure. but here's the kicker let's take the prime factors the prime factors of 2034 you get two 2034 2034 which is once again 11 plus 3 plus 2020 okay so we take the 
the prime factors of 2034, you get 2, 3, 3, and 113. All of which are... Now, this is mathematically provable. If you take the prime factors of 2034, these are answers you will get every single time remaining in the realm of, of, of conventional mathematics. Okay. So, um... Add those numbers together again, which is 2, 3, 3, and 113. Add those together, and you get 121. Okay. So this is, 121. This is, this is um, it's worth bringing up very shortly. This is one of the, um, the features of numerological theory that I think gets glossed over, is that it's, it's a process that is applied to- again and again. Sure, These sure, procedures sure. are applied over and over again until... Um, a a a result can be reached, and in that way, I don't sure. think it's very that much different than uh, science as a whole, or perhaps conventional mathematics, even yeah. even applied mathematics. Right. Yeah, scientists don't know the answer before they do the tests. They the scientists will apply a a a simplification to a problem until it is solvable, and if the the simplified problem is not solvable, another simplification is applied, and you simplify a problem until you can get meaningful data and conclusions. Anyway, so we're back okay. to one twenty one, which, which is which I would I would say is it's not a prime number. One twenty one is not a prime number. Okay. That is correct. Um. So, but what is one twenty one? It's almost a prime number. It's almost a prime it number. It's almost a prime number. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, well, it's eleven times eleven is one hundred twenty-one. Exactly, exactly. Okay. It's eleven squared, and as is an eleven squared is written, it's eleven with a smaller two above it. That is That's how. That is how. How it, square is written? Yes. Yes, exactly. So, what happens if you slide that two down for a moment? Just why? take the two and slide it down. This Roman, is, why would you do that? This is, once again, this is a standard numerological protocol algorithm. This is just this is just another series in the series of simplifications that we make, um, okay. as any mathematician would make. So you get 112 by sure. sliding the two down. So it's sort of like a, like a, like a small number uh, approximation, if you will. Yeah, 112. Small angle approximation. 112 is the number you get. If you take a simple slash... Between the eleven and the two, so we have so we're at one hundred and twelve now. One hundred and twelve. You took the two down from the eleven squared, and we got had one hundred twenty-one. Sorry, I, I we had one hundred twenty-one down to eleven squared. Eleven squared. Now we're at one hundred and twelve. One hundred and twelve. Correct. Okay. These is all very basic numerological theory. You end up with one hundred twelve. Sure. You throw a slash in there. Throw a slash in. What do you get? Where. 11, 11 over 2? 11 over 2, or, as perhaps could be written, 11 2. And what is 11 2? It's the day before election day. It's very compelling. Where, where does where does 9 come into this? What happened to 9? Once again, there's as in any field of mathematics, true mathematics, there are multiple transforms algorithms theorems that can be applied this is a more advanced theorem than your entry-level numerology uh, okay so is it 11 12 back to 11 12 yes what what does this what is the significance of this well we got back to the fact that it's before election day which once again is compelling that there is a f- something going on here the but, day b- the day before election but good to go pa- back to our initial point 
prime numbers favor incumbents. 11-12 is not prime. 11, well, 11, 12, yeah, it's, well, it's five and a half. Well, here, 11, sorry, um, 112 is not a prime number. Okay. Removing the slash for a moment. Sure. 112 is not a prime number. Which we, which we can do. Which we can do, and that's not a prime number. So that would say that it would favor the not incumbent. However, let's go back to the situation where we had 121, 11 squared. Why not? That two is still above it. Sure. What if it's... <laughs> I'm, what if instead of bringing it to the right, we slide it over to the left, which gets us 211, which is a prime number, which says that it, this election might favor the incumbent instead. We're still trying to figure this one out. It's this is this is still a a, a theorem in in the process of being worked out, as are many of the great theorems in mathematics. Um. Yes, uh, Rowan. I do have a question, though. Absolutely. W what if you put the two in the middle? Well, that's just an an endless loop at that point. Why would you do that? Put one twenty one, you get eleven squared again, and it just repeats forever. Right, right, right. It's it, 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 that. I just a, don't have the knack knack for this numerology. Stuff. There is a field of numerology that deals with these sort of recursion loops, but it is very dark. It is very dangerous, and many many promising young numerological theorists have lost their lives going down that rabbit hole. So I I implore you, Kai. I implore the listener. Sure. Do not engage with recursion until you are ready there's so much more i could touch on but i really do feel as though we, we we've run out of time uh so um sh shall we go to the citizen science yeah yeah i think so well this comes from rice powers and there's a little bit of context for this because presumably there is this is a conversation about psychotropic substances and this individual's use of psychotropic right. substances. We have to read between the lines a little bit on this one. But okay. the quote is, is um, so-and-so, this is a response to so-and-so, okay. not just any drugs that I take, angelic drugs. See, I don't take any earthly drugs. I am 100% sober from all drugs but angelic angels come and give me angelic drugs and i take those so yes once you understand the difference between earthly drugs and angelic drugs then you might have a chance see you there baby boy fascinating ba baby boy that's how the 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 this um this app i guess you could call it an abstract in a way ends interesting so we have, so we have an individual that is experimenting with a certain subset of, of, of drugs that they're claiming to have been provided to them by uh, angels. It's, it, yes, I mean, and it's not unheard of, certainly not unheard it's, of for entities, whether you describe them as angels, demons, uh, jinn, uh, ghosts, spirits. They can provide psychotropic substances. That is well established. This is established? You've, you've experienced this? Well. You've taken tests on this? Well, let me put it this way. We... As many, 
as many organizations in Chicago have, we are starting to take advantage of marijuana legalization and investigating our options. Sure, therein. again, we do not want to get political here. No, we don't. We don't. But but the fact of the matter is, is that it has been decriminalized. It is well, it's legal for recreational use. Sure. So why wouldn't we experiment with growing these? Uh, call them therapeutic they are therapeutic but they're still psychotropic these psychotropic plants next to and adjacent to areas where there are entities and we get promising results from 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 the project ghost weed as we've been calling it i'd like to close by a quote from starford kinston uh, who's often called the bulldog of molecular molecular biology uh for reasons that you might be able to detect from this quote uh and kinston says this quantum group theory of amoeba transpondence is not a perfect theory but it's a damn good one find me a scientist who says it's a perfect theory and i'll find you a liar what a colorful personality truly possibly one of the most colorful scientists of the the late 19th early 20th century uh, Eureka Cast Now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are rebroadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at Eureka Cast on Twitter. Uh, Rowan, I think we have some other social media. Is that right? That's true. Uh, if you do engage in these other forms of social media, please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash awcyfm. Or if you'd like, send us an email at awcyfm at gmail. Uh, there you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed it or participated in. Or if you'd like, just say hi. Um, we're always willing to communicate with our, our listeners and discuss topics of consequence. Mm -hmm. uh, similarly, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program to speak your mind about any of the aforementioned sort of fields, feel free to reach out at that same email, which is once again, awcyfm at gmail.com. And with that, Chicago, allow us here at Eureka Cast now to implore the entities hovering just behind you to have pity on your doomed continents this election day. Stay safe out there.